1: No, it's not your phone. (laughs) A nationwide outage today affecting many in the Twin Cities, many all around the country. Uh, AT&T, the biggest name, but some other cell phone companies as well. We'll get into that just after 4.30 with a reporter from CNET who's been covering it. Is this a cyber attack? Is this an international incident? We really don't know. Um, But my phone works again, so... (laughs) So thank goodness and we're, that was going to be an international incident. It really was. It. it really was. Uh, but we're back. The tw- I'm still tweeting. I'm still Instagramming. I'm still Facebooking. Whew. That's right. And I'm still writing my email newsletter, which will come out tomorrow. So if you want some of the behind-the-scenes stories of people we met, things we did here in Florida this week, every week we're giving you news tidbits, links to podcasts, podcasts. Uh, restaurant news whatever is on my mind and your mind we do that in the email newsletter and you can sign it it's free you can sign up for that at com. so just go uh, right on the website you just sign right up and you'll get it about eight fifteen uh, tomorrow morning we have been very fortunate to talk with all of the big name twins players on this trip and uh the team is really counting on these guys this year. Carlos Correa is, of course, the biggest signing that the Twins made. We thought he was gone, and then he was back. And last year, no question that he did not, at the start of the year, perform uh, from a, a, an offensive
2: standpoint up to anyone's, including his own expectations. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was the worst start of his career. He's notoriously been a slow starter over his career, but last year was easily the worst start of his career. He sort of came on. We learned about the plantar fasciitis issue that he had over the course of the year. But when you saw him in the playoffs and some of the plays that he made in the playoffs, uh, the at-bats he took in the playoffs, you understand why you get a Carlos Correa, why you want a guy like that on your team.
1: And ultimately that's, you know, we expect the Twins to be in playoff contention again this year and that's what you're paying a Carlos Correa for for those moments. That said, he is well aware of his issues last season and we talked with him about what he's doing to make sure that this season uh is better for him. Here's Carlos Correa.
3: Carlos Correa, how you doing? Doing great, really. How are you? I'm awesome. How how does it feel to be back here, back with the team? Feels great, feels great. You feel right at home. You know, the off season it's uh it can seem short, but at the same time, you know, you miss hanging out with the boys and getting ready for the season and just going out there and competing every day. Tell me about this off season for you, because obviously the last two
1: years were full of uncertainty, full of drama. Uh,
3: this season, not so much, right? Oh yeah, this season I was just relaxing at home with my kids and you know getting ready for the season, having a full uh, off season to work out and prepare my body for what's to come. And uh, yeah, I felt great not having to. Just go through the free agency process once again, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot better for me and my family. I mean, it's good to get paid, but it's nice to also not have to stress about it all. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you just want to be relaxing in the off season and be happy, be able to spend time with your family, and you know, do do some parenting every single day. So, how old are the kids? Uh, I got two and one. Two and one. Yeah. How much How much work is it being home? Like, is are there different expectations on you in the off oh, season? The, you know, being being home is just with them full time, right? When yeah. I come back from my workouts and uh, you know my my hitting sessions and all that, it's full time with my kids for eight hours in a row. And uh, you know, it's what's fun. more
1: exhausting, this or the kids?
3: No, definitely the kids. The yeah. kids, oh, it's wrestling all day. We gotta go outside and play baseball, play soccer, <laughs> play football. You know, he likes to play. They like to play all the sports. So, yeah, cool. you know, especially my two-year-old right now, it's he's moving around very well. So, oh, yeah. you know, I gotta keep up. <laughs> I remember.
1: Mine are now 18 and 16. Wow. They, it happens fast, but also it's very slow when they're two and one. It's exhausting.
3: Yeah, and you know we're, we're enjoying every single moment. It's, it's special. Um, you know, it's there, there are states that you know they, they see you as a hero and they try to do everything you do and they try to imitate you and you know it's it's a fun stage. So I'm definitely enjoying that.
1: Uh, Carlos, when you look at what happened with this team last season, obviously a taste of success, a taste of postseason success. What, what's the level of hunger uh, for more?
3: You know, it's, uh, now we're thinking of winning the championship, and that's, that's, that's our only goal. Uh, as we were before, You know, it, it felt good to win playoff games and be able to win a series, and uh, it was great for the fan base and, and, for, and for everybody here to start believing, but now the goal is to just go all the way, and uh, that's what we're working for. When you look at your game... What is it that you're really focused on right now in camp? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously you work on everything, but at the same time hitting is is one of the most important aspects of this game. And, uh, you know, you want to be able to start strong the season, start with confidence. And, uh, you know, we're working on our swing, working on on our timing and try to get right. And when the season starts, just go off right away. Yeah, that was
1: maybe the challenge last season, right? Mm -hmm. The start uh, was not what you had hoped it to be, and then you sort of hit a groove and— we know what happened
3: yeah yeah it's, it's it's all about just finding that that rhythm and the timing and, and, and the swing that you know is going to work in the game and uh yeah get us to the playoffs and then from there go off too you look at the infield and kind of what it's going to look like this season how are you feeling about that group i feel great i feel great it's a great group um it's talented it's uh it's young it's hungry um you know the sky's the limit for what we can accomplish as a team and uh, i couldn't be more excited yeah what w- you know the defensive side of it it is a lot of like
1: the the rhythm of the guys and feeling like do you feel where the other you know where's your second baseman going to be where's your, you know all of that stuff
3: yeah yeah especially now with the new rules where you can't cross the, the bag and all that it makes it a lot, a lot easier to just cover your ground um and you know we got great coaches here that you know specify a lot on positioning so um, they make sure they put us in the right spots in our know, for to see now last uh, spring training, when we were here, you were telling us that you were, like,
1: running uh, uh, dinner and nutrition and you were cooking for guys at your place out here. Is
3: that sort of stuff still going on? Uh, we'll do it in the season. Here I got my okay. kids and my family now with me this, this, uh, this spring. Last year I didn't, and, uh, you know, when I get home, it's, it's time to spend – with my kids and do some parenting, of course. That's nice to get to be here. Yeah, but in the season when we're on the road, we, we keep doing that. How how important is nutrition to you? Uh, it's, it's very important. You know, it's uh it's completely changed my career. It, it got to a point where, you know, I was hurt for a few years here and there, and uh, you know it felt like I was not going to get out of that hole. And once I changed my nutrition, everything changed for the better. So, you know, uh, it's a key component of our success as athletes. Carlos, we're excited. I'm sure you're ready to get to games, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait, especially... Okay. Uh, that, that opening day in Kansas City, we can't wait. Very good. All right, thank, thank you, you. Appreciate it. Good see to see you.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
1: So there's Carlos Correa. Uh, you hear the optimism. You hear the focus that that he brings. The leadership. You see it uh, sort of how the how the the guys gravitate around him in the clubhouse. Uh, certain people just have that sort of that presence, and he is one of those guys.
2: Without question. Um, it was interesting, you know, last year when we were down here, uh, it you could feel in that clubhouse this was Carlos's team. Yes. Right? You, like you said, the way that the other guys responded to him, the way that he took charge. You know, we were I remember we were talking to Joey Gallo at one point, and he was hovering around like, guys, we got to go to a meeting. You know, I mean, he was making sure everybody was where they needed to be and when they needed to be there and was sort of trying to set a tone. And it's not that that's changed – you know, dramatically in terms of how he positions himself in the clubhouse. But I felt this year when we were in there, uh, Byron Buxton's presence, even though he was there last year, yep. uh, it's a different presence with Byron, and it's a different way guys are, you know, circling around him as well. So, you know, there's uh, uh, Rocco said it the other day that, you know, leadership comes in a lot of different forms. Uh, there are guys that are more vocal. There are guys that are more just followed by example. And it kind of it varies from player to player. But there are a lot of guys in this clubhouse who've been here for a while, who have some experience, who've been in the big leagues, who've had some success, uh, and you can see the way that the other players respond to them.
1: Being out here at spring training, one of the advantages as a fan, if you come down here to Fort Myers, come down here to Hammond Stadium, is the access. You get to the Carlos Correas of the of the world, the Byron Buxtons, and we talk with a couple of Minnesota, well, we talk with a lot of Minnesota Twins fans who are down here. We'll share some of that with you when we come back here at beautiful, sunny Hammond Stadium. Dan is obsessed with the beautiful striping and the outfield grass here on Drive Time with Russia. Well, maybe you felt like you woke up in the 1960s, as one of our texters said, Today we have a mission to the moon and no cell phones. (laughs) It was a little strange this morning if you're an AT&T customer where you picked up your phone and had that SOS or the dash, 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 where you had no cell signal. And considering the geopolitical situation right now in this country, it is hard not to wonder if there was some sort of nefarious intent because the outage was so long right around noon Twin Cities time. A lot of people uh, told me that they got service back and their phones were working again, the same timing for us here in Florida. Let's check in with CNET, a senior editor who's been covering this story all day. Uh, We are joined now by Eli Blumenthal. Eli, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Jason. Uh, You know, network outages are... Uh, relatively unusual to have a uh, an entire network wiped out. I was struck by the length of time and, frankly, the lack of information coming out of AT&T. They, they never said, like, oh, we're having a problem, something went wrong, uh, uh, until this thing was sort of moving along, and they did it through official statements, not through any real sort of communication to customers.
4: Yeah, it, as you mentioned, these type of outages are rare. To have something like this where you have no service at all, and for large amounts of people to have no service at all for long periods of time isn't common. Uh, and, yeah, it was a little bit surprising that there wasn't a regular stream of communication about what was going on. We still, as we're talking now, don't really have an answer as to what was the cause, if there was something going on, if this was just a software glitch, if this was any number of other issues. We don't know.
1: Uh, the New York Times reported just within the last couple of minutes that, uh, you know, the White House is looking into this, although the Biden administration told reporters that at said there was no reason to think it was a cyber attack. I will say, like, I understand that these things are complicated, but how, how do you not know? Like, how, wouldn't you know if someone uh, if there was some sort of you know, attack on your server, or you fe- you detected some unusual activity. It-, it is surprising to me this many hours after the outage first started that that they would not uh, at least ha- have some indication as to what happened.
4: You would think that it would be something that be simple to diagnose, but a lot Don't of they just totally run like...
1: Don't they just run like a, you know, a, a like an antivirus software <laughs> like you would on your own computer? Yeah, doesn't McAfee just stand, like pop up?
0: There?
4: <laughs> That's not it, how it works, Eli. It may be, That's... A, little more, it may be a little more complicated <laughs> on, on these nationwide networks. Uh, it could be as simple as that. But yes, the, the White House, uh, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, they tweeted out not too long ago that they're also looking into what's going on. There's a lot of, I'm sure, government agencies very curious to know what's going on here. It's worth noting that at t which does run a first responders network called FirstNet, did say that their FirstNet network was operational uh, during this outage. Yeah. So e- it, Eli- it wasn't completely offline.
1: Eli Blumenthal is with us, uh, senior editor at CNET. Uh, his uh, story up at CNET.com talking about this today. Eli, I, I'm struck with just how reliant we have become on these... Uh, devices. Obviously, many people were able to connect through the Wi-Fi if they have internet service at home. But all of the cell companies have been marketing, you know, their own internet services, trying to compete with the XFinities of the world, the wired internets of the world. To me, this was a a, a striking reminder of uh, how how fragile it is if you're running your business. Only you know only using uh, a cellular phone service
4: for sure. But it's worth mentioning that these type of outages have happened to traditional
2: yeah, cable true.
4: providers too. True, it's not something that's exclusive to an AT and T or a wireless carrier like Verizon right. or T Mobile. It can happen to any of them. But to your point, yeah, we are all very connected today, as we see people walking around with Vision Pro
1: headsets and <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: going further into technology. Like this. Yeah, they hit They hit different, right? Like they just, you think about the, the Uber drivers or Lyft drivers who pretty much are running their whole existence off of a cellular network. And if they're an AT&T customer today, they certainly lost uh, whatever money they would have made this morning because they were unable to do it.
4: Certainly. If you have a business that, as you said, is reliant on being connected, there was a period of time today where if you had AT&T, you were without work
1: yeah yeah it's all very interesting were, were you surprised uh, i'm an at&t customer so i i was surprised when i did what you normally do when there's some sort of outage or breaking situation you go look on twitter and see if the company has posted anything i, I was a little surprised that they didn't post uh anything at all do you think some of this might be the fact that you had there is potential national security or fbi type cyber security concerns uh when you have an outage like this so so perhaps that would be one reason why they weren't quick to communicate
4: it's possible that's one of the reasons there's a lot of speculation obviously going on about what may be the cause i don't really know yeah i haven't reported on anything along those lines and i don't want to stoke fears when there's nothing there right it's something though that at&t will have to address at some point what caused this and what are they doing to prevent this from happening again in the future
1: Yeah. Initially this morning, there were uh, reports of outages that, you know, Verizon and T-Mobile had issues, too. It seems that uh, whatever issues they may have had may have been like, well, it seems like they they weren't affected by this. At least that's what they're saying, right?
4: Yes. So AT&T had the big issue. People were going to this website down detector, which lets folks self-report if they're having issues with a website or a service. And so there was a spike in T-Mobile and Verizon. And what those carriers were doing very quickly after, and they were very active communicating this, yeah. was reiterating that their networks were fine. People that were reporting issues were probably trying to contact somebody on AT&T. Mm. And if you're on Verizon and you're calling a friend on AT&T and that calls and going through, you wouldn't know that AT&T yeah. necessarily was having an issue. You would just go, oh, Verizon must be down. <laughs> right. mobile must be down. That wasn't the case. It was on the AT&T side of things.
1: Very, very good. Eli Blumenthal, we appreciate the time. Senior editor at CNET uh, talking about that AT&T outage today. Thanks, Eli. Thank you. All right. How did you react? Were you okay? Like, were you, I, I, I was fine, but it was funny. And I was fine because, you know, I had Wi-Fi at the hotel, Wi-Fi at the restaurant we went to lunch at, Wi-Fi at the ballpark here. So I was able to connect and get my email and that sort of stuff. Uh, did this affect you guys at all? 651-461-9226. Love to hear if you were affected by this outage, if it bothered you, if it was a moment of freedom where the shackle you could unshackle yourself from that cell phone that rules your life. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, after a break, it is four forty seven live in beautiful Fort Myers, Florida, from Hammond Stadium, home of the Minnesota Twins spring training. On your home of the Minnesota Twins, WCCO. I think it is fascinating that the Teamsters have given the Republican Party the first major donation uh, that they've made to the Republican National Committee in years. Forty five thousand dollars from the Teamsters. We sort of wondered what was up when former President Donald Trump had a meeting over with the uh, big uh, Teamsters uh, big shots in New York. And of course, you know, the Teamsters is a massive labor union. And, uh, you know, they donated to the Democrats as well. They gave forty five thousand to the Republican National Committee. And then they donated, I believe I read they donated another 25 or 30,000 to the Democrat, uh, the DNC. What's interesting here is who should a union support financially when you think about the politics? So the teamsters represent uh, postal workers, truck drivers, Uh, It's lots of transportation workers, more than it's one point three million dollars. They have not uh, made an endorsement yet. You know, which, why would you? You may as well have everybody come and kiss up to you first. (laughs) But the question is, do you support the politician that you think has maybe the more worker friendly policies? And I think if you were to say who is more pro union, you would say the Democrats. Correct. Or do you acknowledge that, let's be real, a lot of transportation workers and truck drivers support Donald Trump? And so as a leadership, you look like you're totally out of touch with your own people if you're not going to support their candidate. I think the Teamsters did the right thing, which is your job as the union is to be a voice for your workers now. If your workers are advocating for a candidate that is against their own self-interest, it's not really your spot as the union leadership. You could try to change their minds, right? But you're gonna get voted out as as the president of the Union if you're donating to people that your workers don't support it's
2: a it's a fascinating. Sort of political argument. It is an interesting quandary for the very reasons that you laid out. That if you look at it, you would think maybe on on the surface that it's union leadership's you know number one priority to advocate for policies that are in the best interests of the union. But if most of his membership, as you said, are supporting the other candidate, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, what you do is you would the timber what the Teamsters are doing, and you donate both ways. Yeah, I mean, a lot of. Corporate leaders
1: do that, too. Yes, they do. It's very common. Um, But to see the Teamsters who endorsed Biden and Obama and have been very uh, aligned with the Democratic Party, kind of a message uh, saying, don't take us for granted.